Hello, and welcome to the We Are Stanwood Camino podcast, where we dive into the trends and news affecting our real estate market while chatting with our amazing team of brokers. I'm your host, Marla Hegel, owner of Windermere Real Estate and market insights expert in Stanwood and Camino Island, where we're all in for you. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the We Are Stanwood Camino podcast. Today, I will be talking with Jerry Evans. Now, I know Jerry, um, I, I guess we met when you came in for your interview. You decided to do a career change and uh, called me up, and we met at our interview. That is correct. In fact, I actually had to fly up for my interview because at the time I was still living in Denver, Colorado. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So you are just an amazing guy. I love your background. I love what you're doing right now in our community, um, all of your different roles. And and I look forward to digging into some of those a little bit, as well as talking about real estate and what you think about our local market. How does that sound? Sounds good. All right. So let's start about... um, one of your passions, you uh, you love humor. You're a very, very funny guy. Um, but I, I said earlier, you're a Shriner, right? Or, a, or is it a Mason? And I'm a little confused. So tell us about that. So it's a little bit of all the above. So in order to be a Shriner, you have to be a Mason. So uh, back in the day, growing up in Indiana, I had some family members that were Freemasons and uh, I asked that wonderful question, how do you become one of those things? And uh, next thing you know, I was going to lodge meetings and hanging out with all the old people, as they say. Um, I was definitely the youngest guy in the room, but uh, I kind of have a little old soul to me. I love hanging out with older people and uh, and it just kind of connected. And the next thing you know, I was uh, becoming a Shriner. And uh, the connection to the Shrine is they, they have hospitals that provide free care for, for children all over North America. And we just actually opened a hospital a few years ago in Mexico City. And so um, some of the fundraising events that we do, which is probably one of the stories you wanna share, is uh, we do circuses. And they were the second largest circus outside of uh, Barnum & Bailey. And I so- I did not know that. Yeah, so, uh, so before Barnum & Bailey uh, put their, their show uh, on hiatus, we were the second largest traveling circus that uh, would be held in our local community. And um, at the time I was a broke young military guy and the cheapest club that I could participate in was the Shriner Clowns. And I didn't know a thing about it, but um, they perform actually at a circus once a year. So we would do skits. And then during the off season, we would do birthday parties and we would escort kids on their uh, rides to the Shriners hospitals that were outside of our community. So between those those two things, we had a lot of fun clowning around and picking <laughs> on each other and uh, doing balloon animals and entertaining kids at birthday parties. Right, yeah. right. Well, yeah, the, the story I wanted to share is when, I guess I didn't ask this question during your interview. So it was kind of new to me. Um, and you showed up to our very first, sa- your first sales meeting and tour in clown shoes. You know, I the did. big shoes with the huge toe and your brand new guy. And you, I mean, I'm like, you are pretty brave to come into this uh, new company, new everything, and you're wearing your clown shoes, wore them all out on tour, got our group picture in your clown shoes. And uh, and then that's when I learned that you uh, were part of the, the Shriners and the, the circus, which is just great. 
I love it. Good stuff. And the balloon animals, too. I mean, kids love that. They do love that. Yes. Yeah, that's really fun. You did that for us at the fair once. I did. That's right. That's- we we sat there and made balloon animals and uh, did uh, little glitter tattoos for... Uh, for right. the kids. We had them lined up for forever. I know. I miss those days. Me too. So you're also a veteran. Tell us about that. I am. So of all things, I'm third generation Air Force in my family. Um, I had the luxury of growing up in the same house. And for me, my favorite thing to do was hang out with my grandpa and my my grandfather. He, uh, he served, retired from the Air Force. And I just remember as a kid listening to all of his fun and exciting stories of all the places he had been, all the things he got to experience, the culture and the people and those relationships that he kept throughout his whole life. And so uh, for me, it was a no brainer. In fact, I signed up my the summer between my junior and senior year at high school. I just couldn't wait to go and and carry on that family legacy. And I did. I got to do that for 16 years. So right. It was yeah. A lot of fun. And when I met you, you were a recruiter. I was. The last eight years of my career I spent in recruiting, and the last four of that was physician recruiter out of Denver, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And I just covered a, an area of about six states and just went out to all those little residencies and all the medical schools and tried to connect with with physicians to bring them into the Air Force. So I got to meet some amazing people, and uh, it, was a, it was a great opportunity. In fact, that's probably the precursor of why I got into real estate. It was connecting and helping people serve in the Air Force. And I thought, man, that's something if I could just do that forever, it'd be a great thing. Yeah, you're definitely a people person. So you grew up in Indiana. Mm-hmm. You uh, last worked uh, in Denver. What brought you to Camino Island? Of all the things, <clears throat> excuse me, my wife is a Stanwood born and raised girl. In fact, the road she grew up on was named from her grandfather. So she's one of the original families that fill uh, that that actually uh, farmed out in the flats. And um, of all things, when we were deciding to uh, relocate after my time in the military, we were looking at our options between uh, Indiana and Washington just because we wanted to have our kids connect with family again. And at the time we got out uh, right there at, right probably in the middle of the recession. And um, I was really focused on opportunities for, for work. And Indiana at the time, heavy manufacturing, and I was looking at real estate pretty hard at the time. Uh, I, I was like, man, houses out here are 80,000. Houses in Washington at the time were closer to 300,000. So I saw it as an opportunity. And uh, so we decided to come up here and, and create a home. Well, I'm glad you did. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So since you've been here, you um, has it been two years that you have been fire commissioner? I have. I've been serving for just a little over two years. Took over for uh, a good friend of mine who uh, served as a fire commissioner, was also a firefighter, lived in the community. His wife was a school teacher here and um, he had a sudden death. And um, it was one of those things that had an impact on me. And uh, he was a a good mentor, good friend and uh, don't know anything about fire service. But um, I just felt compelled to uh, they asked for somebody to stand in his position. And uh, I just, for some reason, felt the need to, to fill in his shoes. And it's been it's been a pretty awesome experience, so. 
Yes, yes. And, you know, to do something like that through COVID and all that, you know, you've had to pivot and, you know, now your uh, group is facilitating the vaccinations up at the Camino Center and all of these things that you probably had no idea what was going to be coming when you um, decided to go for that position. So thank you for that service for sure. So let's kind of pivot over a little bit and talk about real estate. So um, you've been here since 2013, June 1st, actually, of 2013, so almost eight years. And in that eight years, you have had a lot of uh, listings and you've had a lot of sales, a lot of clients. Um, What's been your favorite moment? Man, my favorite moment. That's a a tough question. Um, I know all of them. Probably you like probably you probably do. I <laughs> I still think my favorite moment is 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 my first. Um, when you're brand new and you think you've got this idea of how things are going to go in this job and and you you think you got it all figured out. I come from a sales background, so um, as you probably remo- recall early on, I I really bought into the volume based sales model and um, you know you were preaching relationships 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 and I was like ah we can just do this with volume and and it's I tried to treat it like a business and um, I think that first listing sitting down it was an older couple and it was uh, over on uh, Gladstone yes. which is uh, oh, I remember over by Rocky Rocky Point yes I had the luxury of uh, one of the senior agents in the office, Mark Williams at the time. He was uh, a little busier than he he was accustomed to and he was willing to take on a new agent and uh, give him an opportunity. So I just remember the process of, you know, putting together the the market analysis and just the nerves and the chaos of, of thinking you're prepared but not being prepared and the lack of confidence and walking in and just the the instant connection during the market analysis is probably what sold me and took my nerves from that moment on and said this is not something that uh, i think i want to do this is something that i need to do and uh, i have to i have to give it to mark williams for giving me that opportunity and um and just the guidance from that moment of just you know be yourself and and let it happen it's really what uh, motivated me for for my career. So that's my that's my favorite. It has nothing to do with architecture or mm-hmm. anything funny or crazy like but you would think. But uh, that's that's real. Yeah, and that's I love me. it. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, and and I remember you describing what it was like to explain to the couple. You know, sitting in someone's living room is a really intimate thing. You know, you are right there uh, talking about real stuff with real people and. And yeah, so awesome, awesome. So what's your morning routine? Great question. My morning routine is a little different now that COVID's hit, but um, in my house, of all things, I'm usually the second one. up. <laughs> my wife is the first one up, and then um, she's usually jumping into her morning routine, and then I am on Kid Patrol. That first hour in the morning is... Um, getting the kids breakfast, checking with them. That's our little dad and kids time. And then so that first hour spent with family, second hour is really spent with me organizing my day, trying to figure out um, what the priorities are for that day. 
And then um, I get a little bit of me time in there of all the things this job has led me to journaling a little bit. And um, so that gives me a chance to kind of reflect first thing in the morning. And then um, when everything and the stars are aligned, that gives me a chance to get into my morning phone calls, emails, and then some of those gratitudes that we focus on here at Windermere. And um, to be honest with you, uh, that's not something that I was sold on in the beginning, but um, now that we've got a little over a year of journaling and uh, getting some responses back from some of those gratitudes that you send out to people, it's it's a great motivator and a way to, to keep your focus for, for why and how we do things here mm-hmm. at Windermere, so. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. That's great. Um, so, and your girls, are they going to virtual school or are they in live school right now? So they're in a hybrid model. They're uh, in the transition of right now, two days in person, and then the rest of the week, they're they're still working the online model. Okay. Um, it's amazing this last year, just learning how important um, those connections are with your kids. Uh, I thought we were doing pretty good during the the pandemic. We got a pretty happy family life, but um, it was amazing to see those kids the first day they got to go back to school and how much those connections with other kids really does impact them on a daily level. So um, I'm glad to see that we're making some progress and uh, we're able to do that safely. And uh, I can't wait till we get back to hugging and all that fun stuff that uh, <laughs> yes. we get to do in a normal time. I know. I, I agree. I agree. So let's talk about the, the real estate market. So it's changed a lot since mm-hmm. you've been here since 2013. So 2013, we're, we were kind of coming out of the recession. And, um, and it's been, you know, kind of going up really the the housing prices ever since um what do you think about today's market how any insights you'd like to share or thoughts well it, it it's funny i've now officially seen a full cycle uh when i when i joined the, the industry it was not uncommon to have a listing last six eight months to see offers 50 60 80 even a hundred thousand under where they were listed and um, you could pick and choose, you could take your time, you could schedule to go look at a house three days later. And, uh, you know, it's just a very easy process on the buying side. And then the biggest fear you had as a brand new agent is, man, can I afford to carry a listing for three, <laughs> four, five months, especially when you're hungry and you're starting out, you know, the fear of you got money coming out of your pocket. You got to figure out a way to engage your clients, keep them motivated, keep them in the process. And then that ebbs and flows. And then we're at the exact opposite side where now you would just beg somebody to list a house so that they, uh, you know, because the process is it's a lot faster on the buying side, yeah. or excuse me, on the selling side. And then those buyers, you're keeping them motivated and keeping them engaged and keeping them um, aware of, of things. And instead of having days to respond literally hours i mean you you know the way you approach your day i I now have to keep my afternoons pretty much open i mean after one o'clock i mean you could talk to me right now and i would have nothing to do for showings for the afternoon and then that turns into three by Mm -hmm. five o'clock and then 7 30 you're sitting down at dinner with your family saying well didn't expect that but here we are so it's definitely full circle um 
the advice I think I have in this market is uh, everyone seems to think is, uh, you know, is it a good time to buy, a good time to sell? I still stick with the old adage, the market's there when you're ready. And um, if you focus on if you focus on what you can't do or what you can do, you're, you're just missing the opportunity that's best for you. So if I had to give anybody any advice right now in the market, it would be just um, it's your game. Play it the way you want to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, the process, whether you're buying or selling, it ebbs and flows. And that's just a consequence of why you have a real estate agent. Let us stress over the details. You sit back and you focus on those priorities and, and the timing is really up to you. And that's that's kind of where I leave it. So That's good advice. Yeah, it can be very stressful right now uh, for both buyers and sellers. Absolutely. Um, so what else do you love about being a realtor? It's funny. I, uh, I didn't know this when I started the job, um, but it's the people. The people you meet. Um, I used to think that this was going to be a job. I could treat it like a job. You probably recall when I first started here, I tried to make an effort to be the first one in and I always tried to leave after you left. And I I, I believe you also wore a button up and sports coat. I bought a lot of suits that first week <laughs> to, uh, I thought that's the way it was done. Moving from Denver. I, I miss yeah. those days. I know. You should do that again. I know. Well, maybe maybe it'll make a comeback. Um, but but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that um, it's the people, you know. Um, I got into this thinking it was a job, a means to pay the bills. Um, in fact, I didn't have really high expectations for real estate. Uh, I think I remember when I interviewed, you know, Randy asked me what my goals were and I was like, uh, to feed my family. And I think he asked me, well, what dollar amount is is your goal? And I said, well, if I can make $65,000 and, you know, pay my bills. And, and Randy kind of looked at me and was like, well, if you're only making $65,000 doing this job, um, this might not be the career for you. And I, I really had to step back after that that interview and say, what are my expectations here? And um, and then just buying into to what that meant. And I thought buying into what that meant was a bunch of data and a bunch of uh, numbers and a bunch of just sitting in an office, grinding it out. And um, as you learn with growth, it's the exact opposite. It's getting out of the office, connecting with people involvement with people, getting to know people, getting to get two, three, four levels deep with those people. And then next thing you know, you're not having a job. It's a lifestyle. And I think one of the proudest accomplishments of being a realtor is when you get to see somebody in the community that you are probably the first person they ever met coming up and um, seeing them involved or connecting with somebody else in your circle or your group and, um, to just see the engagement and um, and know that there's somebody that's going to be in your life for the, for for a long time, mm-hmm. and um, that's that's what I think of when somebody asks me what I think about being a realtor now. So, and so a lot of your clients have become friends, great friends. Yeah, um, and it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's a learning experience. Um, all different backgrounds, and that's why I love the people. I mean, one day you can be dealing with somebody that. Um, and this is a true example, somebody that was homeless for seven years and uh, and they uh, had a rough start to life and now they're super successful. And then the next day you're meeting somebody that um, solved a, 
you know, vicious crime in the Seattle area that uh, made national news and they're now living in your backyard and mm -hmm. they just have stories and experiences to share. And um, it's it's very rewarding to sit back and, and get to talk to these people two, three, four years down the road and just see the impact they're having in the community. And that that's that's special to me. Yeah. Yeah, that is. I love that. So I think you've probably already answered this question. It's I was going to ask how you market yourself, um, but it sounds like it is just in your network, right? Um, I I remember when you first started, you had this really great logo and it was a kind of a retro looking uh, man in a bigs uh like with a big chest in a sweater with a big w on it mm -hmm. like a looked almost like a college sweater or something big w and it said this guy sells houses was your tagline and i just loved it yeah. it was happy the guy the little the man in the picture i wish i could i was doing a better job explaining it but he had a big smile like yours and it mm -hmm. said was it was that supposed to be you that was actually a, a little cartoon character of me <gasps> in a Windermere sweater. I never knew it was actually you. Yeah, my mother-in-law used to work for a, a marketing company, and so she had access to an artist and printing materials and things like that. Oh. So that was my welcome gift to uh, to real estate. She made a bunch of those up, and uh, and I got to hand them out. And I just it was cheesy, but that's kind of who who I am as a person. You like so. your humor. I do. I like my humor. I like the cheesiness of it, and um, so we had a lot of fun with Do you still use it? I still hand those out to kids and things like that. In fact, uh, last Halloween, I put those in a bucket with candy, pencils, and those stickers. And you'd be amazed how many kids will pass over a Snickers bar for a for a sticker. So, really? Yeah. Oh wow! Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. No, that that's wonderful. And I remember your uh, first bio you wrote too was also very fun. Something about your trading in your military boots for flip flops and mm -hmm. and coming up to the island and yeah, love it. So, what do you uh, hope to accomplish someday? You journal every day and write those gratitudes. What it? What do you want in the future? I say for me, what one of my lifelong goals is, is when I do hit that retirement age is to be healthy enough that I can jump in my RV and take a, a one year hiatus and just travel the country. Um, while I was serving in the Air Force, uh, my wife and I, we made it a point, we had a, a travel trailer or a Class A motor, some some sort of camping vessel and we, tra we treated every destination that we lived, we were usually stationed somewhere three, four years. We took it as an opportunity to just get out and explore. And um, we took pride in um, finding those little tiny holes in the walls. And, you know, we wanted to challenge the locals that have lived there their life. We wanted to be able to have a conversation just like we lived there 20 years, but we had to do it in about three. So um, that's always been a goal together. Um, well, personally, I've, I've hit 47 states, so there's still three I need to hit. And then for the national parks, I think there's about nine that we still have left on our list that we want to accomplish. So Wow. I had no idea. So yeah. do you know the three states you have not? I do. What are they? So Vermont, Connecticut, and New Jersey. Oh, they're right together. They're right together. So I just need to 
swoop you, up there yes. and, and knock those off. You so. can do it. Yep. It's a big RV trip though, right? Because you have to account for coming back. It is, and that and and that's the thing is, we uh, we recently just during the pandemic we jumped on the bandwagon and bought another another RV. And I uh, heard a rumor about that. We did, and and last summer we took a ten day trip with some friends, and um, I think the next trip we take that we're planning for this year it'll be a two week trip, and and I think we're eventually going to grow that out to about a month, and our goal is. By the times our kids are out of the house, we've we've hit at least to the Mississippi, and um, and that's that's a goal. It's a it's a lofty goal, but as long as things stay where they're at, I think we have enough time that we can do that. We just gotta find a few more days on the on the yearly trip to to make mm-hmm. that happen. Yep. Well, put the big rocks on your calendar first, and then. Yep. The pebbles and then the sand, right? When Absolutely. you fill the jar, if you don't put those big rocks in first, then sand will fill up everything and mm-hmm. you won't have time. So got to get them on the calendar. Um, so when you're not traveling, mm-hmm. you're here in our Stanwood Camino community. What do you love about living here? And what would you, what would you say are just some of your top things you love doing or would recommend others do what they're visiting? Well, it's... It's kind of twofold. It's back to people. The people here are amazing. Um, and I've lived a lot of places and I, I've i always fallen in love with the culture, the, you know, I can put me in Texas, I'll buy me a pair of cowboy boots and we'll live the Texas life. You put me, you know, in the heart of the country, wherever we're at, we're going to, we're going to do our best to, to live that lifestyle. And um, here, I, I mean, we had an opportunity when we were first looking at this area, we thought we were going to be city dwellers and we were going to have jobs in the city. And I recall coming up here, um, of all things, my wife's family, like I said, they're, they're Stanwood. We thought we wanted to be close, but not close enough that we would have them barging in on us every, every other second of the day. So we were starting our look, look almost Edmonds area. And as I was sitting in that traffic, trying to figure out what made sense for, for work. And this is, maybe three or four months before I interviewed. Um, I took an opportunity to come up here with my wife's uh, brother and cousin. And uh, they said, have you ever been crabbing? And I was like, well, no, we don't have crabs in the middle of Colorado. So (laughs) not something I've done. They said, well, we should go up there and we should do some crabbing. And so we jumped in a little 12 foot Livingston boat and uh, we went out of Etzelotti Bay and we spent the day out there crabbing and not just the crabbing, it was the experience of the, um, I remember vividly that day, um, there's a little a little house owned by a couple families right there at the boat launch at Maple Grove. And they were rating us on our launching and recovery skills. <laughs> yes. They had their little scorecards <laughs> out there giving us, you know, a six for, yeah. you know, good, good launch. And then, you know, they're, they're just, it's just part of the community. Right. And, uh, so we went out, we had a heck of a day and no joke, the guys that were, that were, uh, grading us, uh, we kind of looked like we never done this before. Obviously my, my cousin and, and my wife's cousin and brother have, but we weren't prepared for the day. So we ended up right there on the beach at these people's house using their, using their pot cooker and, and everything. Oh. And we just cooked crab right there on the beach. And I called the, the wife up and, uh, you know, it's now eight o'clock at night and 
we got a fire, we're eating crab, we're just right there. And I never, just never experienced that sense of community. And um, I immediately, we I looked at my wife and I said, we need to find a way to live a little bit further from the city. I think that that particular instance shifted our mindset and um, actually opened the door for real estate for me. Uh, we were looking, like I said, I thought I was gonna be a headhunter, recruiter in the city. And I said, what makes sense to live out on Camino Island? And um, the only thing that I found within a 30 minute radius that made sense was real estate, to be honest with you. And so um, I started looking into it. And then three weeks later, we were selling our house in Colorado. And of all the things, my REMAX agent, um, he he's like, yeah, if you want to talk real estate, you know, let me do some research for you. And uh, he did. He put the effort in and he he looked up some statistics in the area and um I never even heard of Windermere at the time. And I just remember he's like, well, if you go up there, you need to talk to this uh, Marla Hagel and this uh, Randy Hagel. Could even say, and they live on Camino Island. And, you know, just had no idea. But at <laughs> oh, the time. That was um, kind of him. Exactly. And, and I think he, he set me in the right direction. So I'm glad he did. Yeah. I should send him a note. He's still, he's actually still in the industry. He You'll would, have uh, to give me. Appreciate it. I will. Will you text me? Yeah, I want to send him a note. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> oh, well, so we've talked about a lot of things here. We've talked about real estate. We've talked about you and your mm-hmm. past and your future a little bit. Um, I like to wrap up with how do you define success? It's a tough question. Um I, I, I look at I like to look at success through other people's eyes. Um, I think happiness and when you are in balance, when you have the work, you have the job, you have the extracurricular activities, when those are in balance, I consider that success. I, I've never been a big dollar amount guy. I've never been a big collector of large items or, or anything like that. My wife and I, we really, we value experience. We value, um, like, one of our priorities, sense of community. We wanted to be part of a community. We chose Camino Island, and we wanted to put deep roots. We wanted our kids to know that no matter where they go in this earth, there's going to be a place for them to always put their head at night and to call home. I had that from my parents. And uh, and so for me, I that's how I gauge success. But what I truly love about this job is learning how other people gauge success. When you see successful people, whether on a large scale, whether they're running a large business or they are starting a coffee stand or they are coaching their kids' a soccer team, I love experiencing other people's success and, and being a part of that. And that's probably why I chose real estate as my career is when you're part of something bigger than yourself, um, and seeing other people succeed, there's a lot of there's a lot of gratification and, and in my opinion, success that comes from that. So mm-hmm. you get to you get to meet like this job opens you up to so many different views and perspectives. You see people at their best, you see them at their worst, and how they manage and navigate through that. Um, every single one of them, it might be highs and lows, but there's a success at the end of it. And for me, it's that's the most rewarding thing that. Uh, that life gives us. So. Right. Great answer. Great answer. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about today? You know, one thing you did mention, I want to circle back. You mentioned giving out those stickers at Halloween. Mm -hmm. That's another really cool thing you did was start 
And I don't know if you start. I think you guys did start that big Halloween. Uh, we did extravaganza yeah. mm-hmm. up in Finisterre Heights a few years ago. We and did, yeah. That's grown into quite a fun thing. It was unfortunate we had to cancel it this year for COVID, but I I think we were up over sixty five at at the last event, and uh, it all started because we had some neighbors in the community that were talking about you know our neighborhood's transition. They've grown kids, they've gone through high school. In fact, some of them are teaching in our local local schools now. And, you know, we were the, the next wave of kids, but it's one of those things where there was obviously a, a disconnect and some of them were ready to, to shut down the lights. And, and we got a call from one of our neighbors saying, you know, we just really miss the kids walking this neighborhood. What do you think we could do? And I said, well, let's invite kids to the neighborhood. And, and sure enough, we just reached out and it just every year it grew and grew and grew and and now well it's, and you really go for event. it you know you I, I mean one year you borrowed randy's lift i think and oh, yeah. and like decorated this giant tree and you put a big tent in your front yard and you really oh yeah you go for it this isn't you but know. It, but it, those are fun things and that's and that's that's probably why real estate's not it's not a job it, it, it's really it's an experience it's it's a lifestyle it's mm-hmm. it's a way of life and um and all those little things that they matter and um and that that's why we do it i i mean our neighbors still um, we still get together and help hang each other's lights and um of all the things hans uh, another agent here at windermere used to live next door to me and right we've i mean he it, it's funny he still is up in that neighborhood even though he's moved on and and uh you know, there's just a connection there that. Uh, yeah, he told me built. he came to visit yeah. uh, one of the neighbors the other day. Absolutely, there, so that's and great. Uh, so that's fun. Um, if if I had, if there's one thing that um, I can't wait to get started again because it's a lot of fun, it's going to be hops and houses. Oh right. So that's right. That's probably the one thing that um, during COVID has been requested more than anything. Um, I just went on to the website that we've got set up for it and I was looking at the hit meter. We're getting 10 or 12 hits on that thing a day. People are reaching so out. Describe to us uh, what Hobson Houses is. So Hobson Houses is, uh, it, it's it's a fun little thing. I actually stole this idea from somebody down south. And when I say down south, uh, down in the, the Denver area. He was a real estate agent down there. and. Uh, what we do is we take the community center bus and we meet at one of the local restaurants in town and uh, we give like a five minute introduction. We go around the room, introduce people, and then we uh, grab a drink, usually a beer or a cocktail or a soda, whatever you like, and uh, jump on the bus. And we try to hit uh, homes on open house Sunday, usually the third Sunday of the month. And um, we start somewhere around the lowest price point on the island and we work our way up and try to show you something at the height of the market, usually right around that one, one and a half million dollar range. And uh, while you're on the tour, we talk a little bit of history of how Camino Island came about. Uh, We talk a little bit about the houses, we rate them. So the people get to give feedback on each of the house, we rate them on price, you know, how they look. And then the great thing is we turn that information over to the people selling the houses and we give them honest feedback. The people get a perspective of what's on Camino. They get to see a 
different side of it. They get to see the east side, the west side. They get to see different price points. And it really, it, it's one of those things, you don't have to be a client to be a part of it. It's just a learning opportunity. And um, it, it's funny how many people that have been on that tour two or three years later, they weren't necessarily in a position. They were just out, honestly, on a weekend on Camino. Next thing you know, they're they're calling up, you know, three, four, five years later, like, holy cow, you know, we loved the tour and now they're actively looking and it's just it's a it's a fun way to get out there without the stress or the nerves of feeling like you're you know right. you're actively in the market when you're just looking for you know yeah. some tips and advice well i i, I mean can imagine if I was looking somewhere else, even you know if I decided to move somewhere else how great it would be to if somebody said, hey, jump on the bus, we're going to go look at something in every price range and tell you about this community, I'd be like, oh, I'm in. You know, that's a it, great concept. It, yep, it's a lot of fun. Once we get them through, they at first, some people kind of feel like it's, oh, they think they're set up for a sales presentation or something. It's not like that at all. We, no, we you literally guys, just. They need, you just yeah. wear your clown shoes and, you know, sometimes it'll we, be, yeah, <laughs> sometimes be we, we do. We have a lot of fun with it. The other, the actual, I think the best part is, the other agents involvement in it, um, having, um, we do limit ourselves. It is a Windermere only tour. Um, I, I get a chuckle out of it because, you know, at the height, when we get things rolling again, there's a little bit of competitiveness on who wants to be on the tour. And then mm -hmm. they, um, I'm not going to say they step up their game, but they've got little trick, you know, knickknacks and local business treats cards and, and treats and yep. things. And mm -hmm. so, they, it's it's fun to see them get involved, and I do think it has an impact on the open house market a little bit. I mean, yes, it's funny. Two or three weeks at, or two or three months after running it, you you know, it used to be we were fighting for listing. Next thing you know, there's oh, there's thirteen people. We can only hit six. So then you gotta, you know, you gotta pick and choose, which is never fun. But uh, but we do. We enjoy it, and um, the feedback has been it, it's been great. And uh, and again, another great place to meet people. Some of those people never buy a house, but they become lifelong friends, and and they um, they're exactly. ambassadors for the island, and and that's that's what we love. So yeah, exactly. Well, great. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for coming in today and and sitting down and visiting with me and sharing all of these great um, answers to the questions. Uh, anything else before we wrap up? I don't think so. Thank you for having me. Um, it's It's been a, a true blessing having the opportunity as my first gig in real estate. Um, it, it's been it's been an amazing experience. Um, I, I don't think my wife and I ever envisioned when we we sat down the first day that uh, one, we'd be here this long and two, um, the the lifestyle that it's become for us. I couldn't have envisioned anything like this. So Thank you for being a part of that, being a great mentor, and um, and even on the hard times when when there was the lean years and all those things. Thanks for just being there, and uh, we do we truly appreciate. It. Oh well, thank you. Yeah. That is so kind. Yeah, we love having you here for sure. Well, thank you for tuning in to the We Are Stanwood Cabano podcast. If you are interested in selling or buying a home, please reach out to us on our website or by phone at 360-387-HOME. And remember at Windermere, we are all in for you.